And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a terrific weekend. A great show for you today. I was joined by my friend Ian Hayworth, filling in on short notice for me, which I really appreciate. Uh, and it's always a great time talking to Ian. And as always, we had a, a ton to get to. Uh, we talked about Ron DeSantis' monster legislative session uh, coming to an end down in Florida. Uh, we talked about the Democrats' attempt to criminalize self-defense and why Republicans should strongly consider leaving uh, blue cities. Uh, we talked about Joe Biden's abysmal uh, approval numbers down all the way at 36 percent, I believe, and why 2024 is ripe for the taking if Republicans can actually focus. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Jury's still out on that, but a lot to get to. Before I get to Ian, uh, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the podcast and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Ian Hayworth. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Ian Hayworth. Ian, how you been, man? How's it going, Brady? Uh, I'm enjoying the sudden return of spring in, in Tennessee, which means horrendous humidity. And uh, so I'm, I'm missing winter a little bit. How are you doing? Yeah, man. We are, we're all in the same boat, I think. We are uh, playing the game that all Americans play every year. Uh, how long can you wait before turning on central air? At this point, it's how long can you wait until choosing between eggs and central air? <laughs> fair. That is fair. Um, a ton to discuss, as always, man. Let's start in Florida. Um, this has been a theme for a couple of years now. The, the country falling apart, right? <laughs> Republicans losing everywhere, Democrats getting whatever they want, except for Florida, right? Like we saw it in the midterms, Republicans got whipped everywhere uh, besides Florida. And Florida Republicans are actually delivering on policy, which is, you know, crazy thought, novel idea, right? <laughs> you know, um, there's nothing there's nothing illegal about that. I, I don't know if a lot of Republicans knew that. But the Florida legislative session just ended, and Ron DeSantis was handed win after win after win. Um, just a few of the highlights, and we'll, we'll go into it. But some of the highlights from the session, constitutional carry, crackdown on illegal immigration, tax cuts, crackdown on Disney's special privileges— Death penalty for child rapists, six-week abortion ban, digital bill of rights, uh, fining credit card companies for tracking gun purchases, um, outlawing China um, from buying ag land, uh, outlawing central bank digital currencies, outlawing uh, social credit scores, and a ban on child mutilation surgeries. So, I mean, this is literally—and and this is like a small sample of all the, all the bills DeSantis has signed. Uh, this is just the highlights. So, I mean, this is like a, a right-wing wish list, man. I mean, this is like all the stuff every Republican campaigns on, and DeSantis actually does it. I mean, this is like, it's got to be like the greatest year, or at least greatest legislative session any Republican governor has ever had. Well, I think especially when you look at the rest of the GOP field, and they're not really doing anything. No. We're all, you know, Trump hasn't been in office for years. Nikki Haley hasn't been in office for years. Vivek Ramaswamy, I don't know what the hell he's doing. You know, they're all talking and then you've got florida just quietly winning over and over and over again it's it really is 
really showing like a guiding light of how the GOP could be because Florida isn't that unique. It just actually focused on doing things rather than just talking about them. Yeah. I mean, like every other Republican talks and DeSantis actually walks, you know. And I mean, the only thing, the attacks on DeSantis and the the entire, it's not just Trump and his team, but the entire primary field is attacking DeSantis because he, he's, you know, people know that he's popular, people know he's successful and they view him as a threat. But the only thing Trump and his camp can do is lie about the guy. Like they don't have a real angle of attack since DeSantis is better than Trump on everything, more right wing than Trump on everything. And the Democrats have nothing on him either. They just call him mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the line. Like, oh, he's he's mean. He's mean because he gets things done. Republicans aren't supposed to get things done. That's mean. It's mean, <laughs> you know, when you don't let Democrats give whatever give whatever they want. And, I mean, if you put up DeSantis' record against any other Republican, he crushes him. He obliterates Trump. I mean, when if you look at Trump's four years in office, he gave us some good things. I mean, the, some things I, I praised him for. He gave us tax cuts in 2017. But just about everything else he accomplished in office, Biden erased in, mm-hmm. on, on his first day. I mean, like, he, he wasn't really getting anything through Congress. And when you govern with a pen and a phone, the next guy can undo everything with a pen and a phone. And that's exactly what Joe Biden did on day one. I mean, there's really no competition between the two resumes. Well, also, we haven't even mentioned, I think, the biggest thorn in Trump's side, which is COVID. If you're going to put DeSantis and Trump next to each other on COVID, it's not even a competition anymore. You know, you had Trump who handed the keys to the entire train to Fauci, who's the swampiest of all swamp creatures, who just grinned his way to tyranny. And then you have Florida, who shut down for a couple of weeks, and then DeSantis basically said, no, this is bullshit, opened things up, fought for schools to be open, sports events came back to Florida. It was really, a, a again, a shining light for what America could be. You had all these people saying Florida is going to be basically the biggest graveyard in the country, and it could have been if you consider the age of everyone there, the average age. It didn't happen. It was kind of middle of the road in terms of deaths overall. And then when you actually consider the fact that most people retire to places like Florida, that's a really good number. They weren't throwing people with COVID into nursing homes and having them die by the thousands and then hiding the numbers. Trump has nowhere to go. And I think, honestly, if I suspect what DeSantis is going to do is avoid fighting here with him as long as possible and just let the record speak for itself, because that's what a lot of uh, conservative and Republican voters will notice. We want stuff actually done. We are really tired of hearing people talking about it and really not delivering. Yeah, absolutely. And if you go just issue by issue, I mean, you know, for the time being, at least, we can just ignore everyone else. <laughs> Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, who, who, like, by the way, just a side note. Don't let me get too far off topic here. But Vivek Ramaswamy, when he first said he was, I didn't know who the guy was. I've never read his book. I didn't, I didn't know anything about the guy. But he seemed like kind of an interesting guy at first. You're like, oh, he's got some interesting things to say, this, like, rich right-wing businessman guy and and hates the esg stuff hates all that the dude's awful (laughs) like he's such a hack i don't know who's running his campaign either but it's just like the most cringe nonsense i've ever seen culminating on may 4th as as you pointed out on twitter with just the i almost cringe myself to death with this (laughs) stupid star wars post and then i forget who pointed it out they they had the the lightsaber on the wrong side of his face on like the dark side of his face. It's like, dude, you didn't even Photoshop. Like you guys don't. Even, ah, come on, man. Photoshop is my passion. <laughs> you know? It's like my goodness, these people are absolute hacks. But anyway, back back to what I was saying. Is there anything 
it, between Trump's policies, in, what he's actually done in office, his actual resume, where he beats DeSantis, because I don't see any of it, on guns, Trump turned 10,000 of his own supporters into felons overnight with the bump stock ban. He said, confiscate guns first, due process second. Ron DeSantis signs constitutional carry. How about on abortion? Just signed a, a heartbeat bill, six-week abortion ban. Trump blamed the pro-life movement for losing the midterms, even though it was his fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, he scapegoated the pro-life movement. He obviously does not care about pro-life issues. Gave us good Supreme Court justices, but I think most Republicans would have done mm-hmm. that. I, I mean, anything. The the culture, if you if you care about the culture wars, Trump is trying to call the dogs off. He's, he's backing Disney. Yep. He's, ban- he's, he's backing Bud Light. He doesn't want, you know, he, he's buddies with Caitlyn Jenner. Like, he doesn't care about any of these things. He's a New York liberal. And DeSantis is fighting and winning the, the culture war. I mean, it's just like every... And then some of these things that really matter, that Trump is just too old or just too lazy to understand, what Florida Republicans did, you know, fining credit card companies who want to uh, back Democrats in their in their goal of disarming the American people. He's not, not allowing that. Banning, you know, a Fed coin, a, a central bank digital currency. Like, these things are going to become extraordinarily appoint, uh, important. In the coming years, and DeSantis is doing something about it. Trump hasn't even mentioned any of those things. I feel like Trump's only option right now, like if I was running his campaign, which obviously I'm not because I'm vaguely sane. um, If I was running his campaign, I would be focusing on foreign policy because I think that's the only thing that Trump has demonstrated experience of that DeSantis, by nature of his job, doesn't. You know, he's he's enacted some excellent anti-China policy. I think the fact that Chinese entities can buy any land, let alone farmland in the United States, is insane. So I think that's fu- that's great. He's fighting against that. But if you look at the explosion of conflicts across the world under Joe Biden, I think that's something that Trump could stand on and say, like, hey, you remember the world before when I was in charge, the way we weren't fighting these wars all over the place? He could run on that, but he's not. He's He's trying to engage in the culture war, but without any evidence of any wins in the culture war. And as you mentioned, like the, the Bud Light issue, just massively corrupt, right? If you've got someone telling everyone to call the dogs off because you have skin in the game, uh, that's pretty disgusting. And I think people who have donated to Trump's campaign, people who are incredibly loyal to Trump, they should be betrayed by that. They should feel betrayed by that because it is a betrayal. He cares more about money than he does about you. Yeah, absolutely. And the Trump team is leaking a bunch of DeSantis debate prep videos from 2018 to the corporate press. Uh, it's funny how the the Trump team and the corporate press are best friends again. He's going yeah, to doing weird, a town hall on CNN, and yeah, I mean, you know, maybe if you're if you're a big Trump fan, maybe ask yourself why. Just ask yourself why. Why is Trump buddies with CNN again? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's just the, fake news unless they're doing what I want. Yeah, I mean, and obviously this is bush league to leak this footage, but you know, the people running Trump's camp our Bush League. It's a clown car of 25-year-old grifters. Uh, but the the, they, the videos aren't even bad. I mean, they have not, there's nothing. They yeah. make DeSantis sound cooler, you know, if, if nothing else. So it's like, I get, I get that Trump has his cult of whatever it is, 10% of the, the voting public that are just obsessed with him. But DeSantis is going to run. He's going to lay out his resume. And I think a lot of Republicans are going to realize he's their best chance to win. If not, Okay, then we deserve what we're going to get. If Republicans can't stop performing fellatio on a man who constantly lies to them directly to their faces, I guess we deserve four more years of a dementia-ridden communist. I guess we deserve four more years of Biden. 
Well, also, let's focus on the important thing. I hear people talking on and on about, oh, look at the polls. Trump's leading in the polls. One, I don't care about national polls of any any um, state level race because it's quite literally meaningless. We love to talk about how the popular vote doesn't mean anything. But when the popular vote is in favor of what we want, suddenly, oh, look at the popular vote. So I don't really care about the polls on a national level. If you look at the polls that actually matter, who will beat Biden? Trump does not beat Biden. If Trump lied to our faces, but he was more conservative than the alternative and Trump could actually beat Biden, then I think he would be an actual decent option. Trump does not beat Biden. So if you think the only race that matters is the primary, then get ready for four more years of Biden. Yeah. And I mean, the last couple cycles, that's what Republicans have decided. You know, they'd rather lose with Carrie Lake than win with someone else. I mean, it's, I, I, don't, I don't understand why. I mean, maybe they like uh, record high inflation. I don't know. Maybe they like paying $5 a gallon for gas and 4 bucks for a dozen eggs. I don't know. But at a certain point, you're going to have to smarten up a little bit and start making better decisions. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because DeSantis is going to run. I know Trump's team really doesn't want him. But, I mean, the goal, Trump's goal it was just to hit DeSantis so hard it scared him out of running. And that didn't work. He's going to run. I mean, it's, you know, it's his... It, it hasn't leaked, but, you know, people around DeSantis have told conservative outlets, like, yeah, like, it's coming. Like, the announcement's coming this month at some point in May. Um, we all kind of assumed it would be after the legislative session ended, which ended last Friday. Um, so Trump's attacks failed. DeSantis is going to get in. And we are going to have, like, they will debate eventually. You know, if Trump wants to bitch out and, and refuses to debate, I think that would say a lot about him. And I think yeah. he'd lose a lot of support. Um, talk about the cowardice, you know. But um, I don't know. They're going to have to put their resumes up next to each other, and people are going to have to make a decision. Well, especially when the resumes next to each other on things that actually matter to Americans right now. Yeah. I mean, if we think about spending, Trump blew out the spending. Like, yeah, he had tax cuts, but we've spent so much money in the last decade. It's pretty unbelievable. If you think about COVID again, I, I think COVID is, is the winning strategy for for DeSantis. It is the issue. I think you hit the nail on the head a um, couple of podcasts ago when we spoke about saying like this is DeSantis's moment because in four years time, COVID will be a little more irrelevant. COVID is the issue still. You have Randy Weingarten coming out and gaslighting the entire country saying that she didn't want to shut down schools. You know, it right. is still the issue that they are pinning all of their hopes on. DeSantis won COVID. Trump lost COVID. It's really that simple. If you care about the authoritarian that ex the authoritarianism that exploded under Trump, blame Trump. Trump gave the power to all the wrong people. Yeah. He could have stopped it, and he was—he he didn't have the balls. I mean, he told Fox News after after he was out of office that he, he didn't want to make the Democrats mad by firing Anthony Fauci. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So Democrats are calling a Mexican man um, who murdered people in Texas a white supremacist. Um, and, of course, they're calling to ban guns. And I, I just want to touch on this briefly. When tragedies happen like this, this is what I think we need to do. I think we need to obviously pray for the families of the victims. Mm -hmm. That's first and foremost. And then just simply ignore Democrats. Ign ignore the Democrats and their shameless attempts to build narratives. Just ignore them. Nobody believes, no sane, rational adult believes that a Mexican migrant is a white supremacist. And Republicans already won the gun debate. Like, it's over. Like, I, I don't even feel the need to engage with Democrats on guns. 30 years ago, you could carry a gun in Vermont, and that's it. 
Now you can carry a gun almost everywhere, and in 26 states you have constitutional carry. You don't need a permit from the government. Over half the country, okay? Re- yeah. We won. Republicans won. Democrats lost. It's over. Now, I'm, I'm sure blue states will get worse. I'm sure states like New York or California will confiscate guns and, and kill a bunch of people, um, kill a bunch of gun owners eventually. I'm, I'm sure they will. Um, but not in red America, not, not in the rest of the country. I mean, folks— We'll have to move out of blue states if they want to protect their families. But Democrats are never going to take my guns in Ohio or your guns in Tennessee. It's just not going to happen. We definitely won that debate. To go from only Vermont, you could carry a, a gun without a permit in just Vermont. And then as of like 2004, it was Vermont and Alaska. And now it's 26 states. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I just don't even, we, we don't need to engage. We don't need to, I mean, just. Pray for the the victims' families and laugh at the Democrats who try to tell you that a Mexican guy is a Nazi, okay? And then and laugh at them when they say they're going to take your guns because they're not taking anybody's guns. There's 400 something, 450 million guns in this country, in over half the country, including everywhere where I want to go, um, you can carry a gun without a permit. So I I just don't. I, we always feel the need to defend our position, defend the Second Amendment or whatever. It's like. I don't know. It's over. Like, we won, they lost. I don't even feel the need to engage with them on that issue anymore. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the advice I give to college students when I go on um, any speeches on a college campus is when they ask me, like, how do you debate with the person who thinks you're a Nazi? Like, the answer is don't. It's one thing to debate or defend your position with someone who's actually engaging in good faith. And there are some people engaging in good faith. There are some people who are honestly concerned about gun violence, as I think we should all be. And the notion that, oh, we should just get rid of guns. Some people believe that honestly. And I think those people are worth speaking with. Democrats are not those people. Democrats care only about their own power. It's the same reason that they did not care about the BLM riots, burning down billions of dollars worth of property, killing dozens of people. But the second you get some people storming the Capitol and making them feel a little bit uncomfortable, they're in jail for years. They care about themselves. Guns in the hands of a populace, as with all tyrannical regimes, really poses a threat, and so they want to get rid of that threat. And so we just see the same lies come out over and over again. They do not care about so-called gun violence because then they would actually be imposing law enforcement in places like New York, in places like Chicago. All they care about is labeling us as Nazis who want to kill children. And it's effective because they also have the media in their pocket who push exactly the same narrative. I was reading a BBC the article the other day about the Texas shooting, and they were talking about how Texas is a majority Republican legislature. It's like, okay, so when you have a shooting in California, do you talk about the fact that it's controlled top to bottom by Democrats? The implication is that Republicans are to blame for this because they believe in gun rights. It's obviously insane, obviously wrong, and obviously immoral. We don't have to engage with that bullshit. No. No, you don't even have to. You don't even have to engage with it. I mean, like, people were pointing out that there's more mass shootings in California annually than any other state. It's impossible to carry a gun in California. It's like I, who can, like I don't even feel the need to make that point. I, I don't feel the need to correct all the 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 famous Democrat tweets saying you know oh it's the fault of Texas Republicans. It's like whatever, man. Just buy more guns and ammo. <laughs> like who cares? Like they can talk. I'll buy guns. You know, like it's like, who cares? Just ignore them. Ignore the silly little Democrats. And I do want to talk about New York. Um, we've seen a lot of interstate migration in this country. It's heating up, especially since 2020, since COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've seen, you've seen both New York and California each lost a congressional district after the last census. So um, they're, they're bleeding numbers in these states. Um, but that's going to have to accelerate. I really do believe Republicans and just normal people um, need to leave places like New York City. 
I mean, you have last week this deranged, violent, homeless man um, dies after being restrained by a normal person trying to protect women and children on the subway. And the Democrats are going to try to kill this guy. Um, they, and they might. I mean, they're going to bring charges against him more than likely, and they'll have a New York judge and jury. So, I mean, this this man may never see the light of day again. Um, I mean, Democrats truly do value criminals over innocent people. Um, and they're seeking to criminalize self-defense. Um, and not just with guns, but with fists, too. I mean, if you defend yourself from the consequences of Democrat governance, they're going to get you. They're going to come after you. Um, I mean, they, they take cops off the streets. They want to defund the police. And then if you try to defend yourself... They come after you. Mm-hmm. They they do not believe that you should be able to defend yourself from the predations of Democrat governance. And I just, you know, I was talking about this with my wife the other day. It's like, I can't go back to New York City. Like, obviously, I don't, I don't like at this point in my life, I don't, especially after becoming a father, I don't really want to go anywhere where I can't carry a gun. But even setting aside the gun issue... If somebody assaults me or someone around me on a subway, I'm going to viciously knock that person out. And then the Democrats will try to put me in prison, okay? Because <laughs> I'm a right-wing political commentator, you know what I mean? So it's like, I I can't put myself and my family at the risk of even going to New York City. Like, I, I just don't think it's worth the risk at this point. And I have to think there's a lot of Republicans in cities like this that are mm-hmm. thinking about Florida, thinking about Texas, thinking about Tennessee, you know, like— I don't know, man. The, the criminalization of self-defense is terrifying and should terrify any sane person living in these Democrat areas. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I'm also probably one of the conservatives who's been a bit more, I'd say, down the middle on this. Like I wrote an op-ed for The Washington Examiner basically calling this George Floyd syndrome of there's arguments on both sides in that, yes, it's obvious that this person isn't a shining martyr. Like they were acting in a criminal fashion. They were threatening people, being aggressive. The idea that you're unarmed does not make you not dangerous. That's a ridiculous argument. But also there are decent arguments you can make that too much force was used once you lost consciousness, all that kind of thing. But when you have people like AOC who would not go on the subway one, and if they did, their private security would kick the shit out of anyone who even gave her a bad look. Again, it comes down to the fact that there is one sense of justice for our elite and one sense of justice for everyone else. And if you are in the everyone else crowd and you happen to be not rampantly left wing, you simply don't matter. Like your rights to safety are trumped by the retrospective rights to safety of someone who acted in a criminal fashion. When that is the reality, the world is upside down because you, there is no consequences for committing crime now. Like you can place people under physical threat, deadly threat, because you get punched in the face, punched in the head, you fall down, you could die. Like people get killed all the time by landing badly, being knocked out cold. You don't know what's going to happen. You act to try and defend those around you and you're criminalized for it. Get the hell out of that city. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if somebody's threatening to kill people, innocent people like this man was, I, I, it's, it's hard for me to draw a line. I mean, I, you know, if I threaten to kill someone, what happens to me is up to the people around me at that point. I mean, I don't think there's any level of, of force um, that isn't justified if somebody's threatening to kill women, women and children. I just don't think. And this guy, it turns out, he he attempted to shove people in front of subways, you know, before and and mm-hmm. all of this, you know, a truly violent, uh, deranged person. But yeah, just get out, guys, get out. I mean, it's like it, it, you can't. Civilization doesn't work like this, <laughs> okay? Like you can't 
like and I'm not I'm not with conservatives on a lot of cop stuff. You know, I'm I'm not a fan of the police, you know, and all of that, but it's like you, you can't pull cops off the streets and then say you're not allowed to defend yourself. I mean, you're just prioritizing criminals over innocent yeah. people. Like you're building a society in places like New York to cater to criminals first. Like protecting criminals is is their first goal of of whatever, law enforcement or anything. I mean, it's like you can't you can't run a city like that. Like that's not a civilized society. That's chaos. I mean, that's madness. So it's just, you know, for the near future, I mean, who knows? I mean, hopefully New York turns around eventually, but it's like, I just can't do it. It's like, how how much money would I have to be paid to, like, do an event? Either a show with a band or a speaking engagement. I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I'd have to get a whole bunch of money to go to New York City. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it would be, and I wouldn't stay in the city. I'd stay in Jersey or whatever. You know, so it's like, but I don't even think I'd risk it, man. I, I can't risk it right now, you know? I just... I don't know. I mean, keep losing congressional districts, California, New York. You know, I, I it couldn't happen to to a better state. But absolutely well, pathetic stuff. What's even worse is I I don't think it's e- it's even them supporting criminals. They're calling for a race war. Yeah. Because if well, if it's riot. Really, it's riot. It's sunny. It's yeah. sunny outside, so it's riot season now. You know. Yeah. They they want a race war. If Jordan Neely was white or the guy who restrained him was black this would not be a story. But because it's a white guy who's likely conservative killing a black guy, that's all they need to know. Doesn't matter what the black guy did, doesn't matter the context, doesn't matter the motivation, none of it matters. They want violence in the streets because left-wing radical viewpoints, they fester when there's violence in the streets. Yeah, That's why you saw a lot of the Democrats actually coming out calling for calm on this, like the New York City mayor saying, oh, we don't know the facts yet. It's like, oh, funny how that works when you have a Democrat in the White House and you don't want the country to burn down because that will reflect badly on him. Suddenly, race wars aren't so fun, are they? But people like AOC, they want to burn the house down regardless of who's in it. And it's it's horrendous to watch. Really disgusting. Yeah. yeah it's evil. It's absolutely, absolutely evil. One more thing before I let you go. Um, Joe Biden's approval rating is at an all-time low. It's lower than it was during the botched Afghanistan withdrawal. He's sitting at 36% right now with 56% disapproval. Um, and this is a mainstream poll. This is coming from ABC News. Um, so it's probably quite a bit worse than that. And this goes along with, the, obviously, the polls we saw two weeks ago that 70% of the country said they don't want him to run for re-election. Actually, I think it was 68%. Republicans can score historic victories mm-hmm. in 2024. I mean, I mean, we could have last year, too. The midterms were ripe for the picking as well. 36 percent if it's anywhere close if biden is sitting at sub 40 percent next year there's no excuse to not win 40 states i mean that is that's brutal i mean if a president is under 45 ish percent approval when they're running for re-election they're gonna lose nine times out of ten if we can't beat them at 36 percent my goodness and i don't think trump can if Trump's the nominee, I think we lose because I think Trump's right around that number too, 35, 36%. People do not like Trump. People do not like Biden. People view Biden as less annoying than Trump, even though he's truly just a, a trash heap of a president. But these numbers, man, <laughs> like, there is absolutely no reason why we can't take out Joe Manchin in West Virginia, John Tester, 
um, in in uh, Montana, Kristen Cinema in Arizona, all these vulnerable Democrats running for re-election. There's no reason why we can't expand our majority in the House, why we can't pick up some important governorships. There's no reason. I mean, we are we are looking at an 80-year-old dementia-ridden man with a 35% approval rating. I mean, if we watch over the, <laughs> for the next year and a half, if we watch Republicans squander this opportunity, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'm going to lose it. Well, the problem is we've already seen this show, and we know how it went. Like This is 2020 all over again. Biden was epically unpopular. The Democrats were epically unpopular. Guess what? We made about Trump, not about the Democrats. We need to be holding up a mirror to them and make it, I don't care who I vote for, I have to get Biden out. And if the person we're voting for is a great candidate, then all the better. If Trump is winning, people need to realize how much people on the other side hate him. Moderates hate him. Women hate him. And Inde- independence. In ways, independence. The reason. people who actually decide elections yes. hate him. And either Trump has to change something to win those people over again, but if he's just going to do the same routine, we deserve what happens to us because you can't keep playing exactly the same game with exactly the same tactics and then being shocked and blaming the game when you lose. We should destroy them. This should be a generational win where we just salt the earth with what the Democratic Party is trying to do to the country. If Biden wins again, then they will see that as an endorsement of all the crazy shit he and his radical comrades want to do, and the country will be 10 times worse. Like, this is real shit. People need to wake up. Yeah. If I mean, if Joe Biden wins re-election, it'll just be, it'll be simply because of the the deep hatred for Donald Trump among women, the suburbs, independents. Because Joe Biden's pitch. I mean, I think the the bargain voters made by voting for Joe Biden in 2020 was like, yeah, he has Alzheimer's. Yeah, he can't think anymore. Can barely speak. But you know, whatever. Like, it probably won't be that bad. And mm-hmm. we're tired of Trump. That's what voters thought. Well, it was that bad. I mean, we're in a, a recession. We have we're cruising towards hyperinflation. Um, the world is burning down. <laughs> I mean, there's wars breaking out all over the place. Um, the the whole bargain that like, well, you know, the people actually running the show probably won't be too do too bad of a job. Well, that's that's false. That's false. Mm-hmm. That was not true. Um, Biden has been a complete failure, uh, and everything is much worse than even I thought it would be. Um, so there's just no reason. There's no excuse to lose to this man, and there's only one man that could. There's one man who could do the impossible and lose to Joe Biden twice. That man is Donald Trump. So my goodness, primary voters, can you please use your heads this time? Please. I mean, it is, and it's not just running the same game plan as we did in 2020. It's the same game plan in 2018, 2020, and 2022. So we're going to run the exact same campaign four straight times and lose four straight times? Looks like we might. Yeah. We just might. Ian, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. Let's do it again soon. Where can everybody check out your show, which is fantastic? Uh, subscribe to your Substack, follow you on Twitter, all that good stuff. Yeah, thanks as always for having me. You can find me on all social media, I-G-H-A-W-O-R-T-H. Uh, you can check out my YouTube channel, which is Off Limits with Ian Howarth, or Watch Off Limits. Uh, post videos a couple of times a week. And, um, yeah, just check me out there. You can find my Substack on my social media. Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.